This is the Life Truth Network. Truth Exposed, Episode 56. Truth Exposed, a feature of Quest for Truth where we take a deep dive into Scripture. Now located at life-truth.com. And now, here are your hosts, Keith Heltzley and Nathan Caldwell. All right, everybody, this is your host, Keith, and welcome back to another episode of Truth Exposed. This is the time of the month where we do our uh, monthly episode, <laughs> uh, diving deeply into scripture, trying to exposit it, trying to dig into some commentary on what's happening. And uh, in a moment, we will be joined by our usual cast of characters. Our co-host, Nathan Caldwell, will be here to add some remarks. We will also glean some uh, comments from our favored long-deceased radio Bible teacher of the airwaves, Jay Vernon McGee, uh, who founded a uh, the Through the Bible Ministries, where you can still find that ministry going strong today uh, at ttb.org. So check him out and get a daily dose uh, weekdays of uh, the Bible study. It's a five-year plan. It'll get you all the way through Bible in, in great detail. Anyway, with that and introductions aside, we don't have too much more to say. Open up your Bibles, though, to John chapter 15, where we will pick up at verse 7. We left off at 6 last time. And we'll be going, we're going to plow all the way through to verse 17, and then we'll probably wrap out the, uh, the, the chapter on our next installment. But we'll at least get this far, some important concepts in here about uh, abiding and love and obeying commands and getting what you ask for in prayer. And with that, uh, stand by right after these words from the folks at the Christian Podcast community, which we are also a member of uh, and honored to be so. You'll hear some voices that sound just like these. Welcome back to The Christian Rebel, and I am your host, Brett Collier. On The Christian Rebel Podcast, we follow the teachings that is found in Romans 12.2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. By not conforming to this world, we essentially are rebelling against the world and conforming with Christ. Be a rebel and follow Jesus. If this podcast has helped you, please subscribe and share with everyone you know. If you would like to support this ministry, please visit www.christianrebelpodcast.com and click on the donate button. And if you are a Christian business owner and you would like to sponsor us, just click on the contact button and send us a message for details. Again, thank you for listening, and until next time, keep the faith. Two, two, two great books and one website. 
visit strivingforeternity.org. There are two books that I would like to recommend you purchase. What they, meaning people who aren't Christians, other religions believe, and what we believe. Systematic Theology Made Simple. Both are great resources, especially if you plan on witnessing to somebody. Strivingforeternity.org. Hello everyone, Daniel Minnick here. I host a podcast called Truth Espresso, and I am inviting you to join in. So what can you expect at Truth Espresso? Well, at Truth Espresso, we wake up our minds every Monday with a robust shot of truth. Let's dig deep in the Word of God as we get to know our God better together. Let's challenge our view of the world as we take apart conventional politics with a fine-toothed comb. See all that Truth Espresso has to offer by going to www.truthespresso.com. And by the way, Truth Espresso is now a member podcast of the growing family of the Christian podcast community. Check out other faith-building shows at christianpodcastcommunity.org, hosted by Striving for Eternity Ministries. Ever wish you could get together with a friend over coffee each week and talk about God's Word? Me too. Hi, I'm Anthony Russo. I'm the host of Grace and Peace Radio. Grace and Peace Radio is a Christian living blog and podcast dedicated to engaging conversations about applying God's Word to everyday life. I hope you'll join me, Anthony Russo, on Grace and Peace Radio each week at graceandpeaceradio.com or right here on the Christian Podcast Community.org. Main topic. On John 15, verses 7 through 11. First of all, let me read this. The previous part wraps up with verse 6 that says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather him and cast him into the fire, and they are burned. This is what happens to those who do not abide. Uh, do not abide. Let's see. I'm going to say that wrong. Pronounced it wrong, at least. Uh, but verse 7, we want to pick up with here. We're going to find out, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. You have, for instance, prayer effectual. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will. It shall be done unto you. That's one of the fruits. Prayer effectual. Now, this is what happens when we abide, we obey, we are faithful. In fact, obedience and prayer, this constant contact in prayer, uh, is what abiding He grants anything we ask while we're abiding in him and he and us. We begin to understand the mind of God a little bit, and we begin to understand what he has for us, and we begin to understand his glory that we should be striving for. And this is a similar to the promise he made back in John 14, 14. We had 
discussed at some length then. So I think go back and find where we, we talked about that a few episodes back about uh, having this blank check, as it were, uh, to ask anything. Now listen to him. If you abide in me, now you're in Christ, abide there. Now you can break that fellowship. He told Simon Peter, and he washed his feet. Now here's a case of washing again. And he said to him, if I wash you not, why, you have no part. You'll have no fellowship with me. But if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, that means to be obedient to him. And he's going to say some things here. You shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, that means to abide in Christ. And it means you'll have prayer effectual. In verse 8, My Father has glorified this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Now, this, uh, I would say, that the proof is in the fruit. Anytime you're curious about is someone actually saved, are they actually a Christian, look at the the fruit that they bear. Now, sometimes you just can't look one glimpse and say, oh, yeah, look at that guy. He's really on fire for the Lord. It may take some time. Give it a few months. Give it a year. Is that same guy still bearing fruit? Or has he been doing some corrupt things? Uh, just just the uh, immediate appearance of a bud on the branch doesn't mean it's uh, good fruit that's being born. Uh, there's a concept called watch care, and we should apply a watch care uh, to any and all new believers, maybe some long-time believers. Are they bearing fruit? This is the proof that you are uh, abiding Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. And therefore, the whole purpose of this is to bring glory to God, not to just get your prayer answered for a selfish reason. It is a faithful, obedient life that produces fruit. God is glorified when we have abundant fruit. And verse 9, this kind of combines with the verses through 11. But let's just break this apart one at a time. In verse 9, Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. There's a lot happening here. We have love. Love defines our relationship with Christ. We should have a loving relationship with Christ. It's easy to bask in the love that Christ bestows upon us, but we should be returning that. As the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Continue ye in my love. Love is not only a commandment, it was modeled for us and is a fruit of the Spirit. And that means constant communion. Now, I don't think that you can live like the devil all week and then go out in the world on Saturday night and then expect to come in and serve the Lord on Sunday. I happen to know you can't do that because I tried that for years in being out in the world on Saturday night and then come in and teach a Sunday school class Sunday morning. And I wondered why I was so dead Sunday morning. Now, I'll tell you why. Because of Saturday night. My friend, you have to have constant communion with him. Now, the branch isn't like a spigot that it just jumps off and runs around and then comes back and joins itself. 
You say, well, that's ridiculous. It sure is, but there are a lot of Christians that think they can do that today. And my friend, you can't do that. You have to have constant communion with him. And that means at the workbench, in the office, that means on the streets. It means to have constant communion with Jesus Christ. And that, I think, is very important today. We should be returning that love to him, and we should let that love flow out onto others around us. This is a troublesome thing with people in a marriage. You know, the man is supposed to be the head of the house. You're a Christ to your household. But some guys don't understand that what they're doing to their families is not loving. <laughs> You're not, they're not uh, abiding in Christ. They don't, they're not able to pass on Christ's love. Uh, but as a whole other topic, a whole other passage, Love defines the relationship between Christ and Father. Do you want to see what kind of love we're talking about? Look at how Jesus relates to his Father. It's a loving relationship. God loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. And we should have that same love between us and Christ. This is what abide is about, being faithfully obedient. This is all abiding. Now let's move on to verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. This is the one thing Christ repeats. If you keep my commandments, I have kept my Father's commandments. If you keep my commandments, what are his commandments? Well, I'll tell you, it is to love one another. He loves us. And if you can get that down, all the commandments fall into that. And then we must recognize that we are to keep his commandments. Notice he says in verse 10, if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. In this particular context and bring it verses, uh, first, there's a cause. There's a cause when we keep his commandments. This is the cause that uh, defines uh, our faith and abiding. This is what our abiding is all about. We should have uh, this cause of obedience. Uh, Christ has set the example because he abides in the Father. And we should abide to him. Now, to round this idea out, move on to verse 11. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be made full. This is the second part, joy. There's a two-pronged two thing that happens when we abide. We are obedient or faithful, and we have joy. Uh, because Christ wants our obedience to be spontaneous and happy, not burdensome and boring. We we shouldn't be felt like it's a drudge. Oh, we have to obey and go to church. We have to obey and do this thing. Is is that's not loving? If you, if you you're. Uh, 
child comes up to you and says, do you love me? You go, yes, I love you. Like, like you're <laughs> snuffle up against or something. That's, I mean, that would be silly, but it's not loving if that's really the way you feel. I mean, you shouldn't have to pull it out of somebody to, uh, to demonstrate that it, this type of joy uh, born out of obedience should be uh, pleasant. And then you have verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. And it's joy celestial, prayer effectual, fruit perpetual, joy celestial. That's the things that are mentioned here, and that's fruit. And it's the fruit of the Spirit that Paul mentions. Now, if a person has those in his life, he will be bringing man into the presence of God by his very life, if not by his spoken word. And that, of course, makes soul winning a byproduct. But the important thing here is he wants fruit in our lives. Uh, we should be joyful because we have strength to face life that we just couldn't have gotten on our own. When, when those hardships come and when hard times come, it's our joy that gets us through that. It's uh, the joy that lifts us up and keeps us in a, in a happy place, as you, if you will, uh, while these things are happening. And we have this joy because we have proven ourselves to be faithful and obedient. And we're faithful and obedient because we are abiding in Christ and we're demonstrating love just as he himself has done. And we model this after his model between he and the Father. Let's continue on here because the texture takes a shift. Previously, we've been talking about obedience uh, to Christ, our relationship to Christ. Now we're going to talk about the disciples' relationship to one another. In verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Now, this is obviously a command to love. This is not the first time Jesus has made this statement. And it's all about unity that is called for in loving one another. Uh, it's not just simply loving one another. We're to love one another as Christ loved. And how did Christ love? Well, he loved us before we loved him. And if we, we are supposed to love fellow believers uh, for certain on that one. But we are also to extend that uh, loving as Christ loved and loving the unbeliever before they love us, before they believe. But it, it's in this since it starts with loving fellow believers. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, this is something that we need to note. His commandment was not just that we would love one another. It was that we would love one another as He, Jesus Christ, has loved us. And that is sacrificial that is so strong a love, because remember, God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Now, I think he's talking to believers here, is I've loved you. And the sad thing today is to see 
Christians in our churches tearing down and gossiping about one another. May I say to you, friends, the Spirit of God is not working in a church like that, and that is not a spiritual church. And many of these churches have had Bible teaching, and it reveals the fact that they've rejected the commandment of Christ. If ye love one another as I have loved you, and that puts it on a pretty high plane, which brings it up to where only the Spirit of God can produce this in our lives. Now, let's continue on verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Now, Jesus continues this thought about love by defining the greatest kind of love. Love isn't what you can get. It's what you can give, the full measure of what you can give. Who would you lay down your life for? Uh, now, Jesus, does he call us to lay down our life? Well, by and large, many Christians are not called to do that. But are we willing to do that? And, and who would you do that for? Would you do that for uh, your fellow Christian? Would you do that for a family member? Well, again, Jesus says to love as he did, and he laid down his life. Uh, for those who haven't yet loved him. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Well, that's what Jesus did for us. That's the test. But anyway, uh, verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command you. This also goes continues on with the thought of 15. But let's just pause here for a moment. In this relationship that they knew, the disciples were just that. They were students. They held a lower position as their teacher. In this statement, though, Jesus elevates them to friends or partners in his work. When you're doing his work, which is to say obeying his commands, we can be considered on equal footing that we are his friend. Now there's some nuance there, and I think it bears pointing out or repointing out is that if the slave or the student was to say, "Hey, Jesus, my friend, Jesus and me were friends," well, you're bringing Jesus down to your level on your terms, and that's not what he's talking about. If you are in the lower position you wait to be acknowledged by him to become his friend. We just can't uh, drag Jesus into our mess. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. You want to be a friend of God? Obey him. Now, let me say this, and I want to say it very kindly again. There are a lot of songs today that have, you know, Jesus is a friend of mine, and they sing these songs, Oh, what a friend is the lowly Jesus. Well, I'll have you know today, he's not the lowly Jesus. He's the glorified Christ right now at God's right hand. There's no lowly Jesus today. 
And what about being a friend? Now, wait just a minute. I don't like these songs that say, he's a friend of mine. Somebody says, well, I thought that was wonderful. No, that's sentimental, and it's very wrong. Suppose that I would say today that the president of the United States is my friend. Well, I bring him right down to my level. And you're bringing Jesus down to your level when you say that he's a friend of yours. But let him say it. He says, ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. Now listen, my beloved. If the President of the United States says that I'm a friend of his, he's brought me up to his level. Now the Lord Jesus says that we're his friends if we do what he commands. Now, when I hear anybody sing Jesus is a friend of mine, I always feel like saying, well, my brother, are you obeying him? Don't call him your friend unless you're obeying him. He says, you're my friends if you do what I command you. And I think instead of all this sentimental trash we have today, I think we all need to do a little heart searching. He says, you're my friends if you do what I command you. And so this matter of abiding in Christ is very important. And then there's something else that's very important here, and I'll have to drop down and pick it up. Anyway, continuing here, uh, verse 15, No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. And this is it right here. We should be willing to be the humble slaves of Christ, the humble servants uh, who we aren't privy to what the Master does, right? But we should be willing to be there so that when we're following his commands and we're obeying him and we are abiding in him, that we should be honored when he extends friendship to us, when he calls us his friends. When he elevates us out of that status, we're included in not only doing his work, but the work of God. Now listen to him. He says, henceforth, I call you not servants. Now that's the term in the Old Testament. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father have made known unto you. We can be confident in knowing that we're doing God's work. Verse 16. And this is lovely. You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And that means he's responsible, by the way. And he's chosen us what? That we should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of my Father in my name, he may give it you. And answers to prayer is a pretty good barometer of our spirituality. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you go on and bear good fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask in my father, wait a minute, so, so that whatever you ask in my name, the father might give to you. Now, there's some things, important things happening here. Uh, the disciples were chosen. They were summoned. They were claimed, they were appointed, purified, cleansed, thoroughly prepared to bear fruit. Just go back and read the beginning verses in this chapter. Their fruitfulness is the thing that would allow them to ask God for anything in Jesus' name. Their 
fruitfulness, remember, is the proof of their faith. Their obedience is what bears the fruit. Abiding and being fruitful and, and obedient is the key to get anything you ask from God. Because remember, when you're obeying and faithfully, consistently abiding in Him, then you are beginning to understand what God's glory is all about. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. He was speaking to the apostles here. But I'm also reminded of 1 John 5, 14 and 15. And I want to say that this is not the first time this topic has been addressed on the program. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. If you know you're asking God's will, then you can have confidence that God will do it. Verse 17, this I command you, that you love one another. And here he reinforces that again. I command you to love one another. This is the most emphatic command that we have. Jesus says, if you love me, obey his commands. His command is to love one another, to, to abide in the vine, to obey uh, his words. Uh, and when we do that, we can live in joy because this is what comes of that. Verse 17 says, these things I command you that you love one another. Said it again. Must make it important because really three or four times in just these 17 verses he tells them to love one another sounds like it's important sounds like it's important and that jesus was stressing that as a matter of fact he commanded it now this should be the relationship of believers but notice what will happen if you're a child of god the world's going to hate you Unfortunately, you've got folk in the church today that honestly are not born again, and they're the ones that will hate you. Uh, Jesus seals this promise of asking God for anything in this stipulation that we obey his commands. It's his command to love one another, to have this special unity amongst ourselves as Christians. Uh, just as he, these disciples had this special unity, uh, among them, and we, we were faithful to him, we can be assured of producing fruit. There's an assurance there that we have uh, that it all starts with us just simply living a, a life of humbly being obedient and abiding in his will and, and using God's and Christ's example in a loving relationship and extending that to others. And we're sure to be fruitful. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another for his name's sake. 
What's up, everybody? I'm Jamal Bandy, the host of the Prescribed Truth Podcast, where I seek to distribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today. The Lord graciously brought me out of a cult in 2010, saved me in 2013, and in 2017, Prescribed Truth began. My mission has been to spread the truth of God's word while refuting dangerous lies affecting most churches and the culture at large from a biblical and reformed perspective. Join me on Sundays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for the live recording of the podcast on YouTube and download the audio version wherever podcasts can be found, including the Christian podcast community. If you would like to know more about Prescribed Truth, please visit my website at prescribedtruth.com. And remember, this world is full of errors, but the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings. Unbelievers now have no excuse to misinterpret the Bible like they ever did. Interpreting the Bible has never been easier or less expensive. Get your copy of What Does It Mean to Me? This teaches and demonstrates the importance of biblical interpretation. Proper biblical interpretation is the difference between truth and error, life and death heaven and hell. This is created for your sinos. That's your Christians in name only. Readers will stop asking, what does this mean to me? And start asking, what does it mean? Get your copy of what does it mean to me at trackplanet.com or on amazon.com today. You want to get this before it's too late. Are you just watching? You grab the popcorn, plant the family on the couch, and flip on the TV. But have you left your worldview behind? Media comes in all forms, and all of it contains some level of indoctrination. Are you just watching? The Entertained Christian's Handbook to Consuming Media with Purpose is a guided journal with worldview-shaping info and lots of guided note pages to help you watch and discuss anything you put before your family's eyes. Purchase it now on Amazon.com. And don't just watch. All right, and that is all we have for our episode today. I hope you were able to uh, learn from that, grow from that. If we, if ever uh, I said anything that I didn't clarify well or could have said better, should have said better, uh, you could think of a better way to say it. <laughs> well, you know, I'm open for suggestions, as always. And you know uh, how you can do that? You can listen up as we wrap up the show here. And uh, Anthony Russo will tell you all about how to do that. So take it away, Anthony. Oh, and thanks for listening, everybody. Visit life-truth.com where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. 
Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May the word of Christ dwell on you richly. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. Thanks for listening.